Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB. You can hear my amazing co-hosts, whether it's Prina Mustafa or Erica Ayala or Amy Alderberg, talking about women's basketball every day. And make sure you are following the next for 24-7, 365 coverage of women's basketball from our amazing stable of writers as well. And we have a very exciting guest here. Our guest is the host or the coach for, I'm going to go out and say it, I know Minnesota's won seven straight, but the hottest team in the WNBA. And maybe that's a surprise to some people. We're going to get into why I don't think it ought to be, and that's Marianne Stanley. Marianne, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Sure, Howard. Thank you so much. I want to start with this, and you go a little bit deeper than, you know, listen, three straight in the scheme of things, you say, oh, well, that's not that much. Well, first of all, in a 30-something game season, that is approximately 10% of the year. So it matters in terms of getting wins on the board. It put you guys, despite a difficult start, four games out of the final playoff spot, very much in the running. But I want to go a little bit deeper, and you go to net rating. You guys are, over that three-game span, the best defensive team in the league. And you are sixth in offensive rating, tied with Seattle. You know, right there among the cream of the crop in the WNBA. So I'm hoping you can just sort of start me off by taking me through what went right in those three games, do you think, that allowed those those areas to manifest themselves and be so effective for you guys? Well, thanks, Howard. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you know, this team can be recognized for the progress that they've made. I think, you know, it, it took us a while to get on track. It took us a while to mesh this group of players into a cohesive team, and particularly at the defensive end. And I'm just going to be candid. I think it took us getting our backs against the wall to finally put everything together. And I think that was the catalyst for our players to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, that's it. You know, we got to start moving forward collectively, and we're only going to be as good as our weakest link. So, and I think on both sides of the ball, we just, you know, we kept working and kept working. We didn't always see the outcome that we wanted in, in some of the previous games. And a good example is the, the two-game series with Connecticut. We played them close, you know, and then we turned around and beat them. Mm-hmm. And that was the first win in this three-game, you know, winning streak. But we learned some things. So as long as you're learning and improving when you go out each time, as a coach, particularly with a team that's struggling, that's what you want to see. You want to see improvement. You want to see relief. You want to see people that are going to stay with it when it gets tough. And believe me, it was tough, especially in the early going. But, you know, I give our players and our staff a lot of credit for staying with the grind, continuing to work to improve individually and collectively. And, you know, we said to start the season that we had to be better defensively. We had to. In order to be successful, that was a must. It took us a while to get there, but I think, you know, particularly in these, the, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, we've looked a, a thousand times better. Specifically to that, and I want to get into a little bit Kelsey Mitchell's progress on both sides of the ball, but on the defensive end, you know, you bring in a Danielle Robinson, and she is just the point of the spear in so many ways on the defensive end of things. How much is having her presence there, not just for what she's doing herself, but what other younger players are able to see her doing, making a significant difference in that kind of progress that you've been talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Danielle's pedigree has always been outstanding, going back to when she, before she even got to college game. 
had a great, you know, uh, basketball career in high school through college and then on to the pros. And of course, most recently, the finals run with, with Vegas. So like we looked at Danielle as somebody who was invaluable to our growth. And without having Julie Alamon here, who was on the all-rookie team that point a year ago, we needed somebody with experience, with know-how, with belief that could be the head of the sphere, as you say, and to also mentor uh, the younger players. And Danielle's been everything we could have hoped for in that regard. In terms of Kelsey and what she's been able to do, her steals per game and her steals percentage, more to the point, uh, are up over where they were a year ago and, and significantly over two years ago. Is it an evolution of a player that you guys obviously thought highly of, and rightly so, and, and bet big on signing her long-term into the type of number one option you need her to be? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Kelsey's still a young player. And, you know, part of, you know, players go through experiences that help them to understand the game better, to grow their game better, to have a depth and breadth to their understanding that allows them to take their natural gifts and abilities and, and utilize them. And, you know, Kelsey, for right or wrong, like by most outsiders' opinions, has always been an offensive player. You know, she's very much a, a player who, who wants to be outstanding on both sides of the ball. She puts a lot of energy, both, you know, physical, mental, emotional energy into being better defensively. So I think she took that message of we got to be better defensively too hard. Um, I think one of the things that built her confidence was competing in one of the USA um, mini camps and having that opportunity to see what the elite of the elite do and how hard you got to work. And so she came back from that experience. I thought I immediately recognized some improvement and a newfound um, depth of understanding about what it takes to be really, really good. There's no question. Yeah. To be a leader, question she wants to be all star material, but not just a one sided all star. Mm-hmm. And I challenged her, I said, Hey, I want you to redefine a two way guard. That was my challenge to her before the season started. Redefine what that looks like. And I think she's taken it very much to heart. And I, you know, I'm really happy for her she's taken that on. And to, to button that up a little bit, to talk <laughs> about her as a two way guard and redefine it. I mean, she's been somebody who's Defy definition, you know, I say going back to Ohio State days and somebody who you came into the league saying, is she going to be ultimately a great one? Is she going to be a great two? Now that those definitions mean a lot less than they did, uh, in large part because you have a lot of offenses that run to where there's multiple primary ball handlers and going about it a different way. Do you feel as if though having her next to someone who is a more traditional one in a lot of ways and D Rob is her way forward in terms of reaching her maximum potential here? Well, we played uh, Kelsey at the point, and, you know, I I would not exclude her from that. She's just good with the ball in her hands. And there's times when you want her at the point, and there's sometimes when you want somebody else bringing it and, and let her work off the ball a little bit. The good part is that Kelsey's very coachable, and she's a student of the game. She works at her game all the time. So, uh, I mean, she's been terrific adding to her arsenal of how she can hurt you in a game. And I think the evidence of that is that every time we've stepped on the floor this season, she's been double-teamed, sometimes triple-teamed. She garners a lot of attention. And it's like, okay, well, the rest of our team has had to understand that, look, she's doing all she can do. We need to step up and we need to make shots. Mm-hmm. That was a struggle earlier on. 
that's been another facet of our growth and development and improvement as a team, that we've gotten better at making plays other than Kelsey so that the, the burden of that isn't just on her. So you talked about her as still a young player, which is absolutely fair and accurate, right? But young players in this league are often asked to learn fast. And I know that in your center, Tierra McCowan, this is a player who was thrust into a big role right away. We're here into year three. And so in a lot of ways, it's easy to say, well, goodness, by year three, she should be to a certain uh, level. But the flip side of that is it isn't the customary year three. It's a year three in the midst of some of the strangest circumstances I think anybody's ever had uh, the need to develop as a basketball player. So how do you balance that and navigate it? And how do you think of even just lottery picks more generally? This lead where roster are at a premium and there's so much talent, new talent coming in year after year. Yeah, I think, you know, Tara, we're happy with the progress that she's been making. You know, she's coming off the bench averaging double-double. Yeah. Like, how many people do that? So I think, you know, she's not hung up on, do I start, do I not start? You know, we found a niche for her to fill and to play heavy minutes for us, and we want to put her in situations to be successful. That's what's important. And she brings a lot to the table. I'll tell you what, you know, uh, you know she's a handful to defend, and she's getting better defensively as, again, part of our overall growth. But, you know, T is in her third year. She's still on a rookie contract. And I think for post players in this league, it's hard. It's very different. It's really, really different. You ask any post player who's come into this league what their first two, three, four years was like, and they'll just roll their eyes and, like, thank God it's over. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's not easy. And when the expectations are on you like they've been on to, you know, it's, it's tough. So we've tried to... You know, just ask her to keep working and be patient, but, you know, show the development, show the steps and the progress that we've asked you to show, which she has. So, um, honestly, um, you know, good example. We, we go to Atlanta, um, Alaska for the break, and first quarter she picks up 2,000. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a long one. So I sit her down, we talk a little bit, and she, you know, just say, hey, you're going to play. Just be ready to go back in, see, you you know, pay attention to what's going on, figure out how you can have your impact, you're going to play. And she, I think she played the rest of the game, maybe had one foul. Mm-hmm. Now, that could have been a disaster. A younger Tierra maybe would have, you know, been really upset with the two quick fouls and, and just kind of mentally um, not had that, that uh, what's the word I want? You know, might have checked, not, checked not, out of it. In other words. Yeah, checked yeah. out a little bit. Well, far from it. Just the opposite occurred. You know, she's cheering for her teammates. She's focused. She's ready. She's learning as the game's going on. And then bites her time when I put her back in, she has a big impact on the game. Like, that's development. That's growth. That's what you want to see. So the level of understanding of how to approach um, your work has really improved. And that doesn't, you know, you don't wave a magic wand and it happens. That just comes through trial and error and experience. So you have to go through the steps of learning, some of which are tough ones. You know, you have to, you know, crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. And, again, we're in year three, and arguably a year and a half of her three-year um, career thus far has been, you know, under a pandemic that has really disrupted a lot of things. So it's not been the easiest. Uh, it's not a straight-line trajectory. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. 
But she's doing really, really well. We're happy with how she's doing, and uh, just want to pick up where we left off, really. And when you look at the, the picks that have happened since, and obviously things ended uh, relatively quickly with Lauren uh, Cox, and then, you know, to have Kaiser, you know, she has been in and out of the rotation. I guess my question is this, and, and I think you've hinted at this in the way that you're answering this question, which is to say that in this league where it is so difficult, you know, for bids, but really for anyone, is it unrealistic to be expecting the production from anyone other than, let's say, the top of the top draft picks year in and year out? And is the thing that you're looking for approach over results in a player's rookie contract? Yeah, I think it's tough to expect rookies coming out of college to excel right away in the league. They get there, but it's different. Bigger, quicker, stronger. Uh, they don't play anywhere near the kind of schedule that we play in college. I mean, nowhere near. Um, and you're a pro. You know, you're on your own. You know, there's a lot of structure that goes along with the college game, with the college experience. And people do things for you and take care of things and you don't have to worry about it. Well, when you're a pro, they say it's on you. You know, it's a lot to adjust to. And I think, you know, the players who have it, they get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always tell my rookies, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I talk about Allie Quigley and Andrea Flock. Those are my two. Both got cut. Uh, well, Quigley got cut multiple times before she made it. I wish you Flock, if you remember, didn't play at all her rookie year. Not at all. Year two, a little bit. And look at her now. You know, it takes time. And that was in, in, in a different landscape. I think it's even harder now. You know, fewer teams, not as much turnover. Everybody you're playing against, not only is older and more experienced, but they've been through it and they're not giving up their job for anybody. You know, it's really hard for rookies to break through. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, okay, how do I make the impact that I'm capable of? How do I keep my focus and my confidence when, you know, it's just every day is a challenge against the top players in the world. It's hard. And so I think sometimes everybody can be a little bit unrealistic in the expectations they have for these young players. And, and uh, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for just sticking with it and learning and growing and continuing to get better. You know, don't expect everything immediately. That's not the way it works. Well, it has it has been clear that it's happening lately, and so to bring it full circle, the progress after Back to the Wall reminds me a lot of, of course, the Charlotte Sting, and we talked a little bit about this off-air before uh, we started. It began 1-10, in 10, you know, with the great Ann Donovan coaching, and managed to make it to the WNBA Finals, and had an incredible run that included uh, an elimination game win at Madison Square Garden, I, I wonder when you're having those conversations with your players, are you referencing this? You know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't mean the sting necessarily, but I mean, you, we've known each other a while now. You're a storyteller. You obviously uh, know these parallels you can draw on. And I'm wondering how much do you incorporate that into the way in which you talk to players about this stuff? Yeah, well, I've, I've drawn on that specific situation more than once myself because Anne, was, you know, one of my former players who just great coach and struggled through a, a horrific season, again, but just did the right things every day and finally got there. So I, I've drawn on that to share that, not specifically that instance, but just the notion of as long as you're doing the right things, 
consistently and you believe and you work and you don't expect things to be easy. It's not going to be easy. No one ever said it was going to be easy. Okay? I, I draw on, you know, I go back when Mike Krzyzewski first got to do it. Remember that? Came from Army. They were ready to run him out of uh, Durham his first year. Why? Because they were getting drilled in the ACC. And they went, I think the, the uh, uh, Johnny Dawkins, you know, Mark Allery, uh, Jay Billis group, that group went from, you know, getting drilled in the ACC to Final Four by the time they were seniors. Mm-hmm. Okay? But they did the right things. And Mike had to just keep them focused on, you know, it's not always going to translate to win immediately. You ask anybody in this league, ask the three teams that we just beat if we're an easy team to play and see what they tell you. We're not. We're not the same team we were when we started the season. We're not the same team we were a year ago. But it's on us to continue that progress and keep that, you know, development going. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. You know, there's no easy games in, in this league. And it's harder still when you're not winning to keep the faith and to keep the belief in each other and to keep working doing the right things. But I think when you have good people, which I know we do, and you have people that want to compete and want to win, they'll find a way. You know, they don't always have to like it, but they'll find a way, you know. And, you know, I'm just so happy for our group because nothing, nothing, trust me, Howard, has been handed to them. We've had to work and scrap and claw our way to every win. And I think they now have an appreciation of just how hard it is and that they're capable. And so to that end, you had said uh, on your media avail right after you won your third straight that you were still happy to have the time off, all the same, that it had been uh, a rough, you know, start to the season, you're getting rest. I get all that, but also knowing you, how long did that feeling last? And then how long were you just like dying to get back out there after you? Yeah, it didn't take too long. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I uh, you know if you know what's looming ahead and you're anxious to go in there. But uh yeah, I mean we we all had a much needed break as I know everybody has. And uh we've been back at it this week and, and doing well. So you know, we're just gonna keep doing the things that we know we need to do to, to improve and to get better and uh to play the kind of basketball that we know we're capable of playing. Well, it is delightful to talk to you always. Uh a point of personal privilege. You are a Hall of Famer and it's just a matter of time as far as I'm concerned, until everyone comes down to the win!